Welcome to Monday. I'm already reading the comments, and I have no idea what these people are talking about. Uh, what are they talking about? I'm. I was fixing Rumble, which should have been working, and just wasn't. So is, that, is it working now? It is now. It just, luckily, I know how to fix it now on a moment's notice. So I jumped in there and reset it. But yes, hello everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, yes. it's so good to be back. It is. It's it's fun. I was. I did Chris Aiken Presents a little earlier, and that was a lot of fun, too. And I did CMS on Saturday, and that was a lot of fun. So I'm getting back in the groove of being in front of the camera again. Well, that's good. Yeah. Serious, right? I don't know what the hell we're doing. That took a minute. I, I ain't going to lie, dude. It definitely took a minute. I enjoyed being away. I, I love doing all the shows, but I enjoyed a couple of weeks where it was like, hey, it's 4 o'clock. I ain't got shit to do. <laughs> you know that was nice <laughs> well i'm good i'm happy to see you so you know, it's yeah yeah i haven't seen you or we haven't talked a whole lot in the past not dude. couple of weeks i know that you uh, like to go into your little cave and hang out and do your thing and that's where i left you and i did that i did exactly that it's funny neely on on cms on saturday said the exact same thing about how we only even we we didn't talk one time during the break and we only texted twice. Like I just, I just went into hibernation for a little while. I mean, not, not so much. But my problem has been everybody's been sick over here, except me. How's Somehow, everybody feeling? Not great, but really? yeah, everybody's still coughing and hacking and whatever. You know, two, my son and my daughter, one that lives with me, one that doesn't have COVID. Wow. And my my mom. I don't know what she has. She has the same symptoms, but she went to the doctor and they said it's not COVID and it's not pneumonia, but she's still coughing so bad that she can't take a phone call. So wow. I don't know how I've avoided it because I've been everybody's, you know, um, made, I guess, you know, making sure everybody has food and water. And, you know, the funny thing, dude, you're going to laugh at me for this, but. So my son, Mike, who lives with me, usually handles the house shit, the house yeah. stuff. I forgot we're not supposed to be swearing today for the house stuff. And, you know, the d dishes in the dishwasher, washing clothes, you know, running the Roomba, that type of thing. Right. All those things. Yes. So he's been so sick that he hasn't done this stuff, obviously. I couldn't have been more clueless if you would have dropped me into the middle of a brain surgery. Dude, I felt like such a dummy. I'm in there trying to do wash some clothes. And I don't know how to work the washing machine. I'm pushing buttons and it's giving me like the do-do-do, which means that it's not working right or it's not. I have something that's set up wrong or something. Right. You know, and I'm just like, I'm pushing a button, pushing a button, boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. Open the door, close the door. Boop, 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 boop. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this thing? You know, and neither say it was just that I didn't know what I was doing. You have to, you have to turn the settings on a certain way or with a certain pattern or something. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to start the dishwasher. Dude, I'm so damn dumb. You, you ready to really laugh at me? Because you're going to laugh. The last time I did laundry was before these pods. The wow. Yeah. That's the last time I did laundry. And um, so 
we had a thing of Tide in the in the room, in the utility room where the washer is. And I'm like trying to open the stupid thing and I can't figure out how to, you have to squeeze like two little things and then turn the lid to get in. So I turn this thing, I turn the lid, I look in this thing and there's all these little rubber things. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Looking at it, it and it was a Tide Pod or the, the pods. And then I'm like, do I throw this in the washer? What do I do with it? Apparently there's like a little drawer that you put this stuff in. So I had to, I figured that out and I got it in the right place, but I didn't know what I, when I say I didn't know what I was doing, I literally had no idea. It's shocking because you could design a website for, you know, in about 10 minutes, you can't figure out the laundry. Computer programming. Got it. (laughs) You know, but washing clothes, forget Dude, I, I was probably in the back room trying to figure it out. 20 25 minutes we've had a problem with the dishwasher for the past few weeks right three four weeks i and then you know, sometimes i click the circuit breaker like in the, in the garage mm-hmm. and it would go back on yeah but for the most part nothing i get nothing oh. so for like three weeks now it's been dead completely and there's just a bunch of dirty dishes because you know i bought paper plates and like plastic <laughs> right <laughs> and stuff for the house and my family, for some reason, ignores the fact that there's literally 92 plates that are sitting there that are paper that you can eat on and <laughs> just toss them in the garbage. So right. they have to use the other plates and the silverware instead of the plasticware, which could literally cut through my desk. I mean, it's good plasticware. Right. And they decide to use the stuff that you need to wash in the dishwasher. So now <laughs> there's been a dishwasher full of dirty dishes for like two weeks because I can't figure out how to get the damn thing started. <laughs> I get home from work today. I said, screw it. I'm just going to try the circuit breaker again. I click it off, click it back on. Yeah. I go inside, dishwasher's off. So thank God I was able to start some dishes today. <laughs> it's been Finally. a crazy couple of weeks since, you know, we last talked. I mean, yeah. you know, and there's a couple people listening that know Sandy, some of the job stuff that I've been going through. I don't really want to get into all that. Sure. But there are some, you know, things that I'm kind of going through and figuring out. There could be some definite changes coming my way. There could not be. I don't know. So we're going to hold off and, and see. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. What happens? And, uh, you know, looking forward to whatever happens. So, Well, the, 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 here's the tease that we'll leave so that people don't get set, start sending you these horror messages. No matter what happens, it's better. It's good. Yeah. No matter what, it's good. It could it's, be a change to the podcast a little bit. But yeah, no matter what, it, it'll be, a, I think, a positive step in, yeah. in the right direction for me anyways. Let's just put it on the table. Seth's not getting fired. <laughs> that I know of. No. <laughs> At least not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so that uh you know it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Like Christmas is good, New Year's is good. That's good. And I but I'm I'm confused because I, I I see all these like messages about eating asparagus and stuff. And I guess I lost the bet. And what do you mean you guess? You lost the bet. Well, I don't see any new dog pound details in here, so I'm assuming today's John Monday. Gray, you know, today's you know, Monday. Um but he's had two weeks to come up with something. He's yet to do it. Um, oh, he'll be here Wednesday. I just want to let the audience know. Yeah. Everybody's asking and texting that I have eaten the pound of asparagus. It was, uh, no. It was no. good. Uh, no. Um, and you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm still here to talk about it. And yeah, thanks uh, for no. everybody listening. Appreciate no. it. Nope. I have been wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. There's no wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. Oh, there is. 
Mr. Billy Morris will be showing up at your door on Wednesday at exactly 4 p.m. with the cooked asparagus. I, but I already ate it. See, that's no, no, problem. no. Well, it, had, you, you did a warm-up. I actually had a pound and a quarter. It was really You was did a warm-up. See, that's what <laughs> it, it is. It was really it was good. So you did a warm-up for the real for the real um payoff, which is on Wednesday. I don't understand which there's no real payoff. The payoff oh, is there I, is. I had to eat a pound of asparagus. I did so, and now we move forward. The payoff right? is you couldn't have been more wrong on this bet if you wanted to be. <laughs> that's the payoff. Literally, John said that they would win 11 games. You said no chance they'll they'll never win another game over five. Then you said no chance they'll never win another game over six. You know what their final record was? 11 and six. 11 and six. So my prediction was technically right because I got the six correct. (laughs) So, well, then you would have had the 11, right, as I well, just, just backwards. I just saw it in the direction. I'm dyslexic. So you're dyslexic again, right? I, it is my dyslexia <laughs> acting up again, so I apologize. So I technically won the bet by virtue of being sick. No. And so I, I am out of having to do this. You did not, because the bet was not the record, as I remember it. The bet was, would they make the playoffs? And you said distinctly, no chance. And they are in the playoffs. Okay, but now they're going to be one and done. They're not going to win anything. Oh my the god! Enough. They're going to win. They're going to whoop up on. They beat a Texas team without their starting quarterback. So you're going to get nervous. You're going to get a nervous quarterback in there that's going to throw five picks. I mean, I think we should do double or enough five picks. He had to win a game yesterday to, to, to move into the playoffs. That was yesterday. Was great. That wasn't that wasn't against Miles Garrett. So I, I think that John and I should do double or nothing for the. No. Nope. Well, if you want to eat double, you can, but uh, Billy will be there on Wednesday with your okay. asparagus. Yeah, how is he getting into the house? Because I'll be up here at 4 o'clock doing the show. Well, we'll get him in. We'll find a way. We'll leave the door open. All my doors will be locked. Oh, no, we'll get him in. Windows will be barred. We'll yeah. get him in. <laughs> if I have to staple everything shut, I will. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> All right, so he's going to be here at 4 o'clock on, on Wednesday? 4 o'clock, and... And we're going to get right to it on Wednesday because Billy cannot stay too long because he well, has see, a. I know Billy Morrison. He's never been on time in the history of on time. I, I addressed all that with him. I had a long conversation with him. He, <laughs> I even I even said, I said, put it in your planner. Don't fuck us or I'm going to definitely come down very hard on you on the air. Is he gonna now? Does he have to come upstairs and like go feed me, or is he gonna watch this? Or is he? Well, just he's not gonna feed up? you. He's not gonna feed you like a child per se. Is he gonna just drop it off at the front door? He's gonna he's gonna come in for a minute, maybe say hello, plug his plug his gig, plug the plug what he's doing, and I'm sure he has interest in watching you eat it as well. Okay, but I I, uh, <laughs> I, I just had a message come in from Heidi, who is my best friend. Who listens to the show regularly, and I love Heidi, and she's oh, has great ideas and great thoughts, and mm-hmm. I respect everything that she says. Mm-hmm. Asparagus in large doses can be fatal to diabetics. Oh, stop it! That Heidi said it. Yeah, well, she's she's the bastion of all honesty. So yes, she is, and I respect her opinion. I'm terrified for my life, and I think that stop it. This is not large doses. Fourteen stalks is not large. Fourteen doses. stalks. I was a fourteen That's one stalk. pound. One pound. It's not one pound. Sure it is. Billy better bring a scale. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm not eating a 
like do you realize a over that pound? You may, you may, uh, you you may end up getting more because of it <laughs> if you bring a scale. And now I actually have read that you're only supposed to eat some of the topper of the top, the topper, the top part of the stalks because the bottom parts can be bitter and horrible for you and make you really sick. I guarantee you, you're gonna like it. How's he cooking it? Do we know this? Uh, I do not know that. I mean, he's gonna. I knowing Billy, he'll he'll smoke it and it'll be soaked with like some kind of butter or something so that it tastes fantastic. Probably a little Parmesan cheese. I mean, he's I I I caved in. I was gonna have him boil it and have it just raw, but I was like I was like Billy, can you make this good? And he said yes. So whatever he's gonna do, he's gonna make it good for you. That is true. I've never even looked at asparagus. You will like it. I guarantee. I, I guarantee. There's no way that I'm going to like it. There's you're no going to like it. And I don't even want to touch it. I don't even want to see it. It tastes like iceberg lettuce. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then pour some ranch on it. And I'm good to go. Give me some ranch and some croutons. And I'm, I'm happy. Even Chiselka said on your Facebook that you'll like it. Yeah, because he said that he was going to chop it up into like some sort of pasta with like uh, Alfredo sauce and stuff. If anybody knows you front, forward, or back, it's Mike Chiselka. Exactly. And he had it right. If it was in Alfredo with some pasta and some chicken, I would probably eat it without a problem. It's going to be in plate Alfredo. <laughs> I better have some sort of a dipping sauce. That's all I'm saying. Water. Is John Drake going to be on, on, on the line to uh, see this? John is going to be on to see it. He will I, be with us. Yeah, I don't know if I want that dick on it. I mean, that, that guy on here. He will be with us. I don't know if I want him on here. He earned it. He took no. the bet. He was going to wear the James Harrison jersey. No, he wasn't. He never yeah, would have it. Yes, he would have. No, I, I. If I know anything about John, he would honor his bet. He would hate it. He would. He would be dropping more f bombs than I normally do. But he would do it. And he would hate it. The fact that we'd be sharing those pictures around. Uh, oh, gotta, he would hate that. Can asparagus be fatal? Right. Oh, stop. Can anything be fatal? Water can be fatal. Yeah, if you drown yourself. You drink 40 gallons of it in three minutes. It's not going to be fatal. Everybody eats asparagus except you. Certain people may be sensitive to the compounds in asparagus, which can cause digestive discomfort leading to death. Stop it. You're not going to have death, and you're not even going to have that. You're not eating that much. Asparagus can cause flatulence. Stomach cramps, gastric upset, and a lot of people. So take a Tums. Why can't you eat asparagus? You're going to be fine. It is possible to have an asparagus allergy, which I think that I have. You do not have an asparagus How do you know I don't have Because I know. You have an asparagus fear, not an allergy. I have an asparagus allergy you that do prevents not. me from doing this challenge. Show the doctor. Bring the doctor on then to How see. How many doctors it. do I need to see to prove to you that I have? You need see? one on this show, on the program. All the things, all things you already have. See? I have all of that. Yeah. Well, and you're going to have some asparagus, too, on Wednesday. There's no welching here. Go to my house to get the vid. Oh, the COVID. <laughs> yeah, if I get the COVID, I won't be able to taste it. Well, there you go. I guess you could. I guess that would be a different. That might be better. 
No, and I think I'll pass on that. If you don't have to taste it. Heidi says, oh. have the throw bucket nearby, I warned you. See? But Heidi's on my bad. side. I I am astounded that there's not more people standing up saying that that asparagus just isn't that bad. It's really you know, not. You know what's funny? As soon as we announced that it's not happening today, yeah. the numbers went down by like half. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I wanted to see it. <laughs> Look, I hope it does make you puke personally. Why would that why would you want to see that? Because that that makes it that, that's better content. <laughs> that's better show content. <laughs> it won't though. I guarantee you it won't. It's not that it's not it's such a is, non-harsh vegetable. The point is I already ate the pound of asparagus. No, you did over. not. Nope. No, no proof. What I need proof? You need proof. My word isn't good enough to you, my friend. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> you would absolutely friend. lie why, to me as your why friend. Why would I lie to you? Because you would, because you don't want to eat asparagus. That's why. <laughs> well, I guess that'll happen on Wednesday. Yes. Four o'clock. Don't be late. Four o'clock. And then you'll have a whole hour to tell us about how much your stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Is there asparagus behind me? Is any of those things asparagus? No. No, that's broccoli and peppers. I don't know what it looks like, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's broccoli and peppers and whatever. None of that's asparagus. Have you had it? Asparagus? Yeah. I like asparagus. Yeah, I've had it a ton of times. Why? I love it. I I eat it all the time. I like asparagus. Well, I mean, the good thing is, is that I have no faith at all in Billy Morris. (laughs) So I'm <laughs> well, that is the wild card. Is that Billy? <laughs> I'm fairly certain I'm not eating anything on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm probably sixty forty. He shows the fact forty the the fact that he he knows that it that I'll be really annoyed if he doesn't show. And we had a long discussion about it, not just a hey, can you show up at Seth's on on Wednesday, but it was like I'm talking to him like. This can't be like everything else, Billy. You have to show up. You can't tell me that you're busy. You can't say this came up. He doesn't even have my address. Well, he's going to have it by Wednesday. You don't have it. I have it. No, you don't. Yes, what if I, I just don't give it to you guys? You gave it to me. I would never give it to you. You gave it to me when you first moved in there. I forget why. Oh, when when I was allegedly going to drive over there and bring you the fucking godfather. I got to stop swearing. Jesus. <laughs> The other show, I was swearing a lot, so now it's hard to stop. <laughs> does, does, here, good question. We got to, you know, does Seth get a pass if Billy does a no show? No. Absolutely, I get a pass. Absolutely not. It's game over. No, that's you, not you guys, game over. You guys that's made the not rules, John's but, fault. That's That would be you, my fault. Hey, you guys make the rules. You're the judge. You are the arbitrator for this entire thing. If that, all right. And as the judge, I'm saying you don't get a pass. If that guy is a no show, that means I have a. Absolutely not. It's a non-issue anymore. Absolutely not. I'll send my daughter over there with with COVID to deliver it to you. Then you Seth can eat some. Gets, <laughs> Seth gets sick after the first bite and have to cancel the rest of the show. That's not a bad idea. Don't. Yeah, that that's a good. Idea. That's a great idea, actually. As long as you puke, it's good. So if I like don't like it at the first, you know, eh, and then after the first bite or it's two, got to be a full puke, not just not just spitting it out. I can make myself puke. It's got to be a full puke. It's I tried gotta, to be anorexic once. Didn't it's got to look like 
somebody punch in the stomach after two big McDonaldland shakes. Agreed. Seth, he gets a pass. Yep. No, well, I don't care what, what Scott says. No. I'm the arbiter here. Do I need my gavel? I got my, I got my gavel right here. <laughs> I've ruled. Do I need my Judge Aiken wig? <laughs> We're going to see if Tony Passage is actually going to be back for the show. I'm assuming he's going to be. Where Where is Tony? Do we I don't know? know. I talked to him a couple of times over the uh, the break. Okay. He sent me some videos that were kind of funny. Where is he at? I mean, is he here? Or did he go I think he's vacation? still here. I think he's still home. He didn't go on vacation or anything? I mean, it's been like two weeks. Time for him to go out again, isn't it? <laughs> we, believe, we believe you're... <laughs> I'm not a good thrower upper man. It's not pleasant. I don't like that kind of. I don't throw up a lot. And when I do, it's it's, it's just it's awful. All the better. I love it. Like, not to get gross or anything, but like when I get sick like that, like it takes me forever to throw up. Like I feel like I have to, and it's just a lot of. And then like 20 minutes later, maybe something right. comes out. 20 minutes later, you get that roll at the bottom of your stomach that and just then kind of. Then it's finally over. <laughs> <laughs> And I wish it was different because sometimes you just like to feel better. You know? Mm-hmm. I know when I used to drink like crazy and I would just drink myself into almost throwing up, that's when I would just start pouring the water in just on purpose to make it <laughs> to just so that it would hit my stomach hard and out it would come. Sometimes you have to. I, it's going to be like a, when death row inmate gets their final meal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm telling you, I think you're psyching yourself out. I think I do that I with think, everything. I think you're going to get down to it. And you're going to be like, yeah, that wasn't such a bad, big deal. I was literally talking about this with my dad like the past couple of days. I overthink every friggin' thing that you could possibly overthink. Yeah. Literally everything. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, asparagus, asparagus is slightly more flavorful than celery. So but it's not it, a whole lot of flavor. It's not. It's it, no, not at all. It's definitely not like a hot pepper. I mean, we could have gone that route. We could have had you eating hot peppers or something. You know, you know. But we went easy with asparagus. Asparagus is is kind of like celery. I mean, it has a taste, but it's not like a harsh taste at all. It's really not. Drink tomato juice before you eat it. What is, what would that do? I've never had tomato juice. So what yeah, was that? You've never had tomatoes, so that wouldn't work. I've either. had tomato soup. Is it the same thing as tomato juice? Tomato juice is sort of, it's just like cold tomato soup. I mean, but does that coat my stomach or something? Is that going to make me feel better or is that going to make me I feel I don't worse? know. I don't know what, what, what Gunner's talking about there. but Gunner, what's that going to do to me? I guess that's, we'll see what happens on a, that's funny on Wednesday. We got oh, yeah. Doro Pesh coming up in just a few minutes, right? Yeah, we we should. She should be coming on to talk about um, her new album, Conquerors, Forever Strong and Proud. And she's the best, man. She is absolutely the best. So I'm excited to have Miss Doro uh, come on and talk. She was about supposed that. to be on a while back, right? She yeah. was, and then the holidays got in the way. Like everything at the end of the year, the holidays got in the way, and and she she might have been sick or something. I don't yeah, remember. It's been exactly crazy, man. It, it really has. It's been uh, holidays got away a lot of different things. Did yeah. you get anything good for Christmas? 
before we uh, get Dora on here? I didn't really get anything, period, other than, you know, I, I mean, I got some, some small stuff, but nothing, nothing like magnificent or nothing. I, I didn't even hardly celebrate it. I didn't see I, my kids. Your kids are a little bit older, right? So, yeah, my kids are in their 30s. But do you, At this point, do you like, do you still get them a bunch of stuff or you give them money? No. Do, you, do you do anything or do you money, give gifts or money or truth is, is we never, the minute my, the minute I got divorced, was kind of the end of holidays for me because I only celebrated them because she did. Like I, I'm not holiday guy at all. Like I don't like to celebrate my birthday. I don't really celebrate Christmas, Easter, none of it. You know, it's all just days to me. And I find it Christmas especially silly that I'm going to wait all year so I can buy you something that's marked up and overpriced. I just get them stuff during the year. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, whenever they they want something or need something, that's Christmas as far as I'm concerned. See, now, me, I'm the opposite. I love every holiday like it's the last one. I want it to be special and happy and fun. And like, I, my wife and I got into it because a couple of days after Christmas, no, it was New Year's, she wanted to take down the tree. I said, you're not taking down the tree. Right. She's like, well, why not? It's after Christmas. I said, because... You are the death of Christmas. Why would you take it down? I don't want it to be over yet. I'm not ready for it to be over yet. Leave the damn tree up. But she took it down. So immediately after all the Christmas decorations were, were down, I said, all right, get in the car. She's like, where are we going? I was like, drug mark. She's like, why? I said, because now we are replacing everything that has a nail in the wall that you took down on for Christmas. Oh, with, with like... With Valentine stuff. Ugh. Because that is the next holiday. So now every wall that had a Christmas decoration now has Valentine's. The garland that I had that was around the banisters of my house to go up and down the stairs that had you know Christmas garland on it now has Valentine's garland on it with little hearts. So you play the fake holidays too. Oh, I, every holiday. Sweetest day? Sweetest, of course, sweetest day. Oh, I don't decorate for sweetest day, but I got to get my wife stuff. Yeah, Please. A holiday. And so I already planned. The, I saw all the St. Patrick's Day stuff that'll go up after the Valentine stuff. March fourteenth. Then Easter. Do you do March fourteenth? What's March fourteenth? That's the guy's Valentine's Day. Look it up. Is that? Oh yeah, I think it I involves know. a steak and something steak else. And <laughs> I wish I celebrated that more. Yes. <laughs> then Easter, of course, I will decorate the house with Easter. And there'll be little eggs and crap like that all over the place, and. Then 4th of July, it'll be all red, white, and blue now. So my wife said, well, do you want me to leave the Christmas tree up and we could just decorate it with different lights for each individual holiday? I will said, no, that would look kind of weird. So now the mantle has different lights for every holiday. Will you celebrate Juneteenth? I will. I will. You will? Yeah. <laughs> I will not say on here what those decorations will be. <laughs> of course not. I don't know what, yeah, no. <laughs> But I, uh, you said you celebrate them all. I gotta, I gotta explore the options here. Yeah, I'll see. I don't know what the lights to put on the mantle for that one would be. Um, but every other holiday, we'll have lights around the mantle with each, with whatever color the holiday is. All right, look at you. I have to. I, I like one. I like lights. I'm sort of weird like that. I like. My wife bought me for Christmas like a, a big giant. It looks like a tampon, but it's actually a light. It's like yeah. a six foot light. Okay. And it does like a billion different color combinations and everything right i came home the other day that i was set to like the trans flag colors i said okay we can, it does eight billion different combinations we can find one that's not this <laughs> <laughs> but 
And then my daughter got me a light. It's like a mini Darth Vader that lights up, which is pretty sweet. That's so, cool. You know, I like lights and crap like that. So that's why I like holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, if you like the holiday, look, I'm not trying to tell anybody that they should, you know, be Scrooge like me. I'm just saying that I, for me personally, I don't have time for all that. You know, I don't I do not have time. And and this year was especially good for me because the kids were, were out of the house and my mom was in Sandy or she was out in Vegas. She went to Vegas and checked out the sphere and, you know, did that. Did she like that? She did. She said it was. She said she got stuck watching some crappy um, conservation movie or something, and then it was still like the greatest experience ever. Yeah, see, the only thing bad thing that I've heard about that place is that they are starting to run like ads on it now. Oh, of course, <laughs> That's when we're driving by and you just see an ad. Like I can picture like his eyes on the stupid sphere. Like I don't want to see that kind of garbage, but right. I mean, I guess it's probably good for the money. Yeah. I, well, I mean. I heard it was expensive to see this conservation movie. I I heard was about two hundred dollars a ticket. Wow. So, yeah, I guess uh, the YouTube show at the Sphere is like four hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah, I mean, it, and now it's, the highest grossing tour that's out there right now. The Taylor Swift's taking a break. You see that <laughs> comment from Brian? I can't put that up there. No, that's that's wrong. Why would you say that, Brian? Because he's a CMS fan. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, CMS, saying, he's a CMS fan. He thinks the same rules go from, from that show as this one. I'm not going to put it on this show. <laughs> no. Well, there's a di- I'll tell you the big difference. This show is on YouTube. That show is not. It's not? <laughs> no, not at all. I thought I saw something that you changed your time on your CMS present show. Is that wrong? I, thought I didn't change the time. Facebook said like Saturdays or something. No. You and Eric Farantino on Saturday. You got to look that up. Well, the post he had. Yeah, whatever. It's not. Uh, I, I trust Facebook as far as I could throw it. Yeah, I was. I don't know. I I was doing. I was definitely doing some um, tweaking around with. Dude, this is something you should look at too. Do you know that you can monetize your Facebook page, your personal Facebook page with stars, right? Yeah, but you. Uh, my my friend Eric from from um, Chris Hager presents, he made like a few hundred dollars last month. Really? Yeah, on his personal Facebook page. On just his personal pic- page. Yeah, on his personal page, just posted pictures of his cat and shit. Stop. Yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll have to show you well, how to people do have that. to. They, it, it's like stars, right? You pay like a penny for every star. I, I, I don't know what I I did it. I mean, I set it up. I guess it is the stars, but I don't see any place to click stars on my page. But my, I got the notice. Does he have a I fan page or is it a personal? Page? No, it's. A, I did it on my page too, on my personal page. Really? That's why. That's why I changed all the all the pictures and stuff on it, and changed where it said that my job was a pulse te- pulse tester at a funeral home. To to like my actual job. You now know, the question is, do, do people, oh, is, are, do people right. have to pay to to see your picture then, or they just pop no, up? they just pop up and you get paid for the traffic. I guess. All right. We could we could talk about this later. Let's yeah. let's play some Doro music and then get Doro right on right on, on her waiting. Right. Let's go right now. All right. Don't have to prove nothing I know what's on your mind 
And let's welcome our guest to the show. Or not. She walked away. <laughs> she walked away. There she is. There she is. <laughs> Hello. We, we can barely hear you, Dora. You're breaking in and out. Okay. Maybe I do it like yeah, Do it that way. Is it better? Is it better? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Ah, good, good. Okay. Good. Okay. I'll well, put you a little bit yeah okay, okay. well Do dora we've been do we've been doing this show for a for a year now and we finally have a legend on with you so welcome to the show thank you so much for having me guys it's an honor that's great <laughs> nice well well dora we're, we're going to talk about the album conquerors why don't we start there tell us a little bit about conquerors forever strong and proud Oh man, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy. Uh, it came out, I think, pretty good, and it has 20 songs on it, and um, yeah, it has great highlights on it, and 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 it's um, available in picture disc and splattered vinyl. So if you guys are vinyl junkies, that's the vinyl. I love all. it, and and it's actually double vinyl and splattered and. Um, oh yeah, that's from that's a nice picture of Brazil, our Monsters of Rock show, and this one. So I'm all happy with it, and I think the fans love it. And yeah, so so far the reception was great, and yeah, the feedback was great. And we played a couple of songs live already. That was actually going over really well, like uh, Time for Justice and Children of the Dawn. That's one of my favorites. And yeah, but I love all the 20 songs. So and and I just heard you guys play True Metal Maniacs. It was actually yeah, the last video and single for the fans. There was actually a thank you to the fans. That's the reason why you see fans from all over the world, from Brazil and Wacken and yeah, and all over. So the fans are the most important thing to in my world, so that's the reason why I wanted to do a video just for the fans. And yeah. and that was actually video number six. So we had five videos out before the album was released. And uh, yeah, and and there's a new single coming out in March, and it's our first animated video. And it's so funny. I saw the first two minutes. It's so hilarious. If you guys, when you guys would see it, it's it's funny as hell. And it's uh, for the song "Lean Mean Rock Machine." And yeah, so far, yeah, everything, everything is going really good. Yeah. Good. So, what's it like? Uh, touring around the world i mean here in america and versus germany what's it like what are the differences oh, actually oh, i love america you know i'm a big big fan of america i always want to go to america and in 86 i could do my first promotion tour it was actually for our third album true steel i had three days in new york and then after two days i stayed and oh, i loved it so much and then we did this uh, album triumph and agony you can see it here in the background oh my fingers there you guys you remember this one that's awesome yeah, yeah. and um yeah we did triumph and agony i got hooked up with great people so yeah and then i became uh, actually I'm a, I'm a green card holder, a proud green card holder for over 30 years. <laughs> and I love touring America, of course. And I love touring the world. It doesn't matter, small club or big festival. Of course, I like some festivals like, for example, Wacken. Did you guys know of that festival Wacken in Germany? Big metal festival. 
did you guys hear? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's like wow. When you play there, it's that's really special. But other than that, I love I love touring the states and playing festivals in the states. What well. do you like about the festivals so much, other than playing clubs or like just you know, bigger concerts? Why, why do you like the festivals? Actually, there's one big reason because you meet all your friends again, like friends from you know other bands. Like, um, actually, that's the reason why I have two duets on this new album because I met Rob Helford last year in France um, at a festival. It was uh, it was Hellfest, big festival, great festival, and we were talking, hanging out backstage, and then Rob Helford was asking me what I'm doing. And I said, yeah, you know, just finishing up a new album. And then we both looked at each other and I said, Rob, are you thinking the same? He said, yes. I said, shall we do something together? He said, yes, it's about time. We are friends for a long time. It was my first tour in 1986 with Judas Priest. It was on the Turbo Tour and we always stayed friends. So, so we met at this festival and then, you know, we said, shall we do something? And yeah, and then I said, I would love to do Living After Midnight because I'm a big fan of British Steel album of Judas Priest. And Rob Halford said, I have a song I always wanted to do with you, Total Eclipse of the Heart. And I thought, wow, that's really unusual choice. And then we did both. So playing festivals you always you know you always meet like you know the people you love you know other bands you know and i played yeah the last festival i played um, yeah kiss was there and the scorpions and you know we all hung out together and it's uh, that's one of the main reasons i love festivals and of course the fans when the fans are in good spirits you know and it's a good atmosphere and when they're all like you know happy to see all the great metal bands that's like oh that's the best, yeah. Right on. Well, well, Doro, one thing that I've seen recently is that you're getting asked a lot about your personal life. For the first time that I've noticed in, in interviews, you're getting a lot of, are you going to retire? Is there relationships? Et cetera, et cetera. And I don't want to ask that necessarily, because like I said, you've, you've been asked it a zillion times. But the one thing that I still don't know is what do you do when you're not on stage or on a bus or traveling? I mean, do you get to a new city and investigate the town? Like when you come to Cleveland, is there a coffee shop that you like or is there a place you like to go? I mean, what do you do in each town? Because obviously the show is two hours. The travel's not the rest of it. So what what do what do you do to keep busy? Usually I always hang out uh, with some fans or friends and usually I have like people in every city, in every town. And then, you know, when they're coming to soundtrack or or when they come, you know, to our tour bus, then, you know, then we hang out and, you know, we have a bite to eat, talk about, you know, whatever, you know, it's interesting. So, and uh, yeah, and the fans, that's my life. When you ask about a personal you know, seeing the fans, that's that's my family. I love them more than anything in this world. And uh, yeah, and hanging out with the fans is the most important thing to me. And, you know, checking out, you know, what they are doing, you know, how life is treating them. And it always gives me inspiration to write, you know, songs. And uh, yeah, and then I can always feel it out, you know, what, you know, what people, you know, 
yeah, what their taste is. And or sometimes we talk about good old times, you know, usually people love old school metal songs. So and then they say, hey, you know, yeah, can you write another song like, oh, yeah, or something or I will the ruins. And usually we talk about music. Right, and right. and when I'm by myself, then yeah you know i just i just walk around you know soak it all in you know get like the atmosphere i love cleveland cleveland was one of my you know favorite cities to play i have great memories we played um it's the place called the agora right yeah we played there many times i think we played there with megadeth as well and some other clubs and you know cleveland was always yeah pretty much our number one city to play um along with chicago and new york la but cleveland had like the most diehard metal scene so so i remember that well from the early 80s on and that's that's great and i remember one time there were some fans they were showing me their new motorcycles and you know my band was there road crew tour manager everybody and then you know we all say wow great motorcycles you know we're harley davidson's and all that stuff and this one guy said hey you want to you know drive with me and i said oh cool so i hopped on the motorcycle and then you know he went away and i thought man i don't even know that person i hope i will be okay you know making this show and you know in the road crew at the band i said oh my god Dora, where are you going and you know but i i must say i I could trust the fans with my life, always have, always will. So, and then we just, you know, took me to see like a little bit, you know, like he, we drove, I don't know where, I don't know, you know, the part of the cities where well, it was pretty cool. And he was so happy, you know, like his new motorcycle. And then, you know, that's awesome. so yeah, that was like, that's stuff I do when I'm, you know, when I'm on tour and yeah. My, my wife uh, sent me a message saying that you always have hot guys in your band. Uh, so I guess good for you. Um, but, <laughs> well, they're uh, not my boyfriend. So, uh, <laughs> no, my, my question is, is it different being in a metal scene like this, being a female artist? Is it a little bit tougher? Is it easier? What's it like going up and, you know, with those guys like Halford and everybody else? Is it, is it more yeah. difficult? Uh, no, no. I would say I, I got always treated so good, so good. It was always very gentle, very nice, very supportive. And um, yeah, and I toured with so many great bands like Ronnie James Dio and Motorhead and you know, Judas Priest, Megadeth. Everybody was always super, super nice and, you know, so cool to me. I never felt like I was, you know, I was different i always felt i was the singer of the band and uh, yeah i never thought you know it was a disadvantage and i never thought it was an advantage being a woman i was just doing what i loved it was actually more um you had to fight for your music you know in the beginning in the 80s metal wasn't so accepted so you know sometimes you know you had to you had to really fight for your band for your music you know so um but being a woman was always cool and yeah and, and the guys in my band they always they were like my big brothers and right. uh, the road crew as well we always take care of each other sure. and uh, yeah and that's a very yeah that's a totally deep friendship family kind of feeling so yeah but i always i i love music so much and i love the fans so much so so you know people knew i was serious about it i wouldn't give up in one two years or or when it gets you know a little bit tougher which i remember we always had 
good and bad times. It always went up and down. And then you just have to hold on, you know, do your best when time is not on your side. But it doesn't matter. Uh, what doesn't kill you definitely makes you stronger. So sometimes, you know, we felt, oh, man, we're supported by you know, by the universe, by everybody, you know. And then in the 90s, when grunge was so huge, ooh, that was a little bit more difficult. But it was okay. It was okay, you know. Well, and, and that's one of the interesting things about your career, Doro, that I did want to ask you about was right around that time, because you took a swing, not at grunge, but you took a change musically when you did like True at Heart and even Machine to Machine, which were very different, very mainstream sounding records for you. Why? Industrial kind of, uh, industrial drum and Yeah, beer. it was different. It was different for you. Why did you try that approach? And, and more to the point, once you were done, what convinced you that you needed to kind of go back to your roots and stay a little more true to the traditional metal sound? Yeah, I would say every record was kind of a sign of the time. Okay. And uh, and I remember, do you have a minute and I'll tell you the yes. story? Yes. Um, actually, I did a record in New Jersey with um, a great producer, Jack Ponty is his name. Mm -hmm. And we had great musicians and stuff. It was great. And we recorded one record. It was called Angels Never Die. And that was when grunge was pretty big. It was in 92, 93. So the first album you mentioned, True It Heart, that came out because it wasn't grunge, but I think it was a beautiful record. It had beautiful, soulful songs. I loved it so much. And Angels Never Die was like, yeah, it was pretty rocking. But the record company said, okay, you know, did you choose a song or single yet or for a video? And I said, yes, I think it has awesome songs. And then I said, well, but is it grunge? And I said, no, no, it's not grunge. And I said, well, if it's not grunge, we can't release it. And I said, well, you can check out the songs. I think it's really cool stuff. And I said, it doesn't matter if it's not grunge sounding, then we can't release it. So I thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was still released in Europe and in, in some other countries, but not in America, which right. was heartbreaking. Now, anyway, we toured and stuff, did a live record. It was all cool. So I was working on the next album. There was actually Machine to Machine, which it didn't have this title yet, but it was the next album. And then we had almost this album done, finished. We were mixing. And uh, and then one night I woke up and I thought, man, I got to talk to Jack Ponty, the producer. And I said, hey, Jack, I got to talk to you. And he said, yeah, Doro, what's up? You know, we're almost done. You know, record sounds amazing. It's all cool. And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I just have a little, little tiny thing to talk about. And I said, Jack, I don't feel the record. I don't feel it. And he said, what do you mean? The record is done, you know, <laughs> They're way over budget, two times over budget. I said, Jack, I don't know, man. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. He said, oh, my God, we are in deep, in deep shit now. We are in deep <laughs> And And he said, let me think about it. And, yeah, he was probably, you know, totally like, yeah, he, he was, he was he, you know, he thought I was crazy. But um, one day later, he said, Doro, you know what? If you don't like and if you don't love the record, it doesn't make any sense. So I will try to figure it out. So a couple of weeks later, he called me up. He said, oh, come to the studio. I have two guys uh, in there. Uh, the name was Camus and Andres. And they are from New York City. They were really like 
you know, drum and bass kind of people and really cool. So we were talking and stuff. And then I said, well, how you guys write songs? And then he said, well, we just put on a drum loop. Then we jam a little bit. I thought, oh, man, that's not the way I like to write songs. Usually I write songs, the idea, the melody and stuff. And then, you know, I thought, ah, oh, this will probably not work out. So they were in the, in the room jamming. I was in the lobby and I thought, oh man, you know, I was like, I was like pretty, you know, confused because yeah, the record was, was not what I wanted. So we were, you know, doing something. I was in the lobby and suddenly I heard something sounding like, wow. And it was actually, it became the song, The Wand. And it was a drum loop. And I immediately ran into the room and I said, well, to the engineer, give me a microphone. I want to sing to it. And Jack Pond, <laughs> who is a fine guitar player, great guitar player, he took his guitar and then we jammed a little bit. I sang. And that's the song, you know, on the record. It's called right. The Wand. And it was a totally different feeling, but it was so new. I thought so sexy. It was different yes but i loved it and then i said jack that's what i want to do so these guys they stayed a couple of months and then we did this whole record and actually just i think maybe two songs made this uh, album of the of the stuff which I, I thought yeah it's not my cup of tea but it was just a feeling so i thought you always have to follow your heart you know even when it's against all odds even right if it's like you know like not you know you cannot even explain it but i always have to do what i feel yeah and then we did machine to machine album and then we did the love me in black album which i loved so much it was the follow-up i did it in new york city and yeah and then slow but sure metal started to come back i wasn't conscious about it but somehow you know everything changed again and i said oh man i don't want to do you know any computer stuff anymore i want to do the real stuff and right. yeah now we did our album calling the wild and that was actually the first american release again and then we hopped on tour with ronnie james dio in america my ah, the favorite tour it was so awesome a three months sure. tour with ronnie and ingrid malmsteen and this album did actually really well and it was the first yeah release worldwide again calling the wild and the first album with a duet on it it had two duets on it with lemmy of motorhead and it was sure. like oh it was probably forever and alone again a song uh, Lemmy wrote on his acoustic guitar he was a right. great guitar player so yeah so sometimes you know you do things but i guess you know you have to follow your gut your instinct your heart you know even when it's not <laughs> yeah when other people don't don't understand it but right. it was a tough time the 90s it was a tough time guys you it know? was oh Everything yeah definitely changed, so yeah but right. uh, yeah well, well, Dora. The other thing too that I wanted to ask you about is, and and I know you're gonna you're gonna tell me I'm being too kind, so we'll get that out of the way now. But you know as well as everybody knows that women in metal has really taken off in the last couple of years, the last yeah. ten years or so, and yeah. you are held up as the person that kicked that door down, and and that's from people that I know that are not just new people like ginger or plush or whatever. I'm talking about some of people that I know, you know, Veronica Freeman and um, leather Leone and stuff, you know, that are older, but even they who have had 20, 30 year careers point to you as the person that kicked the door down. So when you look at it as that person, 
do you see what you did as influential or do you think that it just worked out that way for everybody else? Oh, actually, you know, I'm, I'm happy when people have good things to say about me, when people felt inspired or motivated, you know, when I could do so, when I could be a good force in this world, you know, in the metal world, then I'm so happy, you know, and, um, yeah, it, it, it always felt good. I really, I always did what I wanted to do. I didn't think of, you know, anything. I didn't think of whatever being a trailblazer and stuff. I just did, you know, did it always like 100%. You know, I always gave it my all every single day. And uh, yeah, and if somebody felt inspired, I'm so happy. And And if it makes, you know, girls look good, that's great, you know, because in the 80s, you guys probably remember all the videos like the MTV VH1 videos with all these heavy metal bands or rock bands. There were usually these girls super beautiful but dancing half naked and it was actually it was not you know it, it, it looked good but it was actually not so you know it was not so powerful i thought it looked sometimes you know like sometimes cheap actually you know and and i never wanted to you know especially girls feel you know it's like that's the thing to do it's great when you look good when you dance sexy but i think there's more to it so so i always you know wanted to give it like a lot of power you know in a human way you know and uh, i think there's nothing wrong with being sexy and stuff and you know moving you know on stage like you know like cool or I, you know cool cool stage clothes on but i always try to to not to not show too much skin to not make it look like it's like you know the bimbo kind of way so and you know metal i think that was above everything it was not male not female it was just metal it was powerful so but um yeah but i'm, I'm happy when people have good things to say about me but i didn't do it on purpose i just did you know what i what i thought would would be the right thing to do and i always did it like yeah like with full power and yeah and always you know with a lot lot of heart and soul and you know and yeah and now, now, you've seen <laughs> everything from the 80s up until now how different is the music scene now whether it's touring or streaming and all that kind of stuff it is a lot different than back in the day when you like you said, MTV doesn't play any videos anymore. No, no, no. And, so, I mean, I and then I, now you got streaming too on top of it. So how different is it, the yeah. music scene? It is much different. On one hand, I think it's great. So many more great, great ladies are doing it. When I started out, there were maybe a handful of great ladies, you know, like the girls of girls school, I remember, or Rock Goddess, or, you know, Lita Ford, Joan Jett, Lee Aaron, but that was pretty much about that, and some other girls as well, like you just mentioned, Leather, and uh, yeah, some other bands, but it was very rare to have, like, female musicians or female singers, so now it's, it's much better balance, I think, great, great talented, you know, ladies are doing it, like Elisa of, um, Arch, Arch Enemy. Enemy. Uh, um, oh, so many great people like Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm and you know um, yeah so like uh, I'm I'm friends with both of them Taya Turunen the ex-singer of Nightwish or Flor Jansen now the singer of uh, Nightwish and and even some great girl bands like Nervosa you know from mm -hmm. 
Brazil or crypto. So I love it. I love. I think that totally changed. I think so many great female bands in all kinds of genres. So I think that's great. Um, yeah, I miss the great old times, like being in record stores. I miss record stores that they, you know, almost vanished. That hurts. I was sometimes 24 hours in the record store, especially in New York. They always had Tower Records and I was right. in there every night, you know, till six o'clock in the morning. And uh, I miss that, the record stores. I miss, I miss vinyl. I always try to keep it old school, keep the good stuff alive, like doing still vinyl edition mm -hmm. and CDs as well. Yeah, the streaming, like you heard probably for many artists, man, it's like, you know, it's very hard to survive only on, on the streaming stuff. It's like, it's almost impossible. So, you know, you have to do something else like merch. Uh, for us, Patreon is very important, like the fan club for the diehard fans. I always work on that, that the diehard fans have something really right great, on. you know, that they get like, you know, the old bootlegs, which I try to collect from all over the world or T-shirts or stuff. So or some personal like phone calls or Zoom calls. We always, you know, take care of the fan club, of the Patreon people. And while touring is still great, you know, <clears throat> when I started, actually touring was there to promote the album. And we always had like tour support. And now I think that word tour support doesn't even exist anymore. Right. No, it doesn't do tour support anymore. So you have to try to make money while touring, which is very difficult because you have, you know, you have the flights, hotels, tour bus, musicians, road crew, you know, it's, um, that's very tricky, but, but we always try and, you know, and when I see the fans, then everything is worth it. Everything right. is worth it. So whatever I earned in my life, I always put it back into the show, the tour, you know, into the fans. But um, yeah, it's different times. And the streaming, eh, I don't know about that. i rather have something in my hand. And, you know, I'm not such a big fan of that. And right. you know, old school, you know. <laughs> right <that> on. <laughs> well, there's no reason not to have actual merch from you, Doro. You have this great new record, uh, Conquerors for, Forever Strong and Proud. It has all kinds of great merch to it. It literally does. And Dora, where should we tell people to go to buy the merch and to keep up with you and tour dates? Because I'm going to imagine that we're going to see you here in the States in 2024. So. Yes, actually, I wrote down the two festivals. Uh, we are confirmed already in America. It's uh, in Houston, Texas, the Hell's Heroes. That's March 21st. So okay. that's the first festival. And the second festival is M3 Rock Festival. And make force in Meriwether, Columbia, Maryland. So I'm so happy to see you guys over there. And then we will put the tour around it. And uh, we have many festivals worldwide. And yeah, you could go to, to check us out. Of course, all the socials. Doro Metal Queen, that's Instagram. Facebook is Doro Pesh Official. And uh, the website is doro.us. And uh, yeah, and Patreon, it's doropesh.com. So, or Doro Pesh, I don't know exactly, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just do music, it's, but yeah, Do Doro Pesh on Patreon, and uh, yeah, and we are on Twitter or X now, and TikTok, every, everywhere, just, you know, put in my name, and then you can see it, and the tour dates usually are on the website, doro.us, that's the one. And I did notice some perfume on the, uh, the website, yeah. male and female, so I might have to pick some of that up. Oh, it's 
it smells it smells heavenly. The female version has a little bit vanilla in it, and the male version ah oh, smells really good too. I always I always have the male version when I feel like you know when I want to feel tough. Then it's, <laughs> <laughs> but I love Excellent. it both. Yeah, they call it actually true at heart and uh, yeah yeah perfume and there's jewelry like you know these two axes there ah that's it was in a limited edition in the box set so there's tons of stuff and in america the merch is a uh, merch now and then merch now it's doro pesh so uh, europe and america they have different merch companies because of you know like it's easier to ship something from america to america from europe it's it's quite expensive but yeah merch now that's that and thank you so much for letting me tell the fans about it but but anything is appreciated and of course buying the records that's that's great you know it's better than streaming but whatever is like you're saying i know young people they they don't even care about like vinyl anymore i think like you know when you 12 years old you know you probably don't even know you know what the record player is <laughs> it's crazy well we can't thank you enough for coming on tonight we know you have other things to, to do tonight so thank you so much for being on, on the uh the show tonight much i thank you it was great i had great fun i want to say hi to all your viewers listeners you guys are really cool and i hope i see you live maybe on, on a gig or festival or wherever on this planet and yeah it was really cool with you guys <laughs> and we're gonna wrap it up chris playing some uh some music as well right we're gonna play the total eclipse of a heart with uh with um mr yep. halford Yes. Oh, yeah. Say hi to Rob. I love him. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, Doro. Take care. But you too. I dig that. That's kind of cool. Dude, she rules, man. Doro is Doro is one of my absolutely favorite people in the world to talk to. She is the best. So, and she's a talker and she's hot, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, dude. She's talking about, you know, never trying to be hot or whatever. She's been hot since yeah, since she she's, debuted. She's a good-looking woman. <laughs> she is and, and she's I don't mean been, any disrespect by that. She's a good-looking woman. Dude, and and when she went when she debuted with Warlock, I think that was like eighty six or eighty seven. Ah. I mean, she's not young. She's right. she's probably in her late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, she's got it together, man. But she loves the metal. That is for sure. She and lives it's it. It's good to see, man. It's good to see that people are still passionate about that kind of music. Mm -hmm. Is you know, yeah, dude. She, I mean, look, just she was so excited to just kind of show the. The the vinyls and stuff that she's got for she she loves it, man. 
and good on her, man, because she's she's she really. Oh, somebody just told me it was '84. That she <laughs> debuted. Well, well, you know the one song, right? All we are. Do you know that? Oh song? yeah, yeah, I know that song. Oh, we. Yeah, play that song. Play, Let me find it, it here. I'll pull it up real quick because that's a killer song. I mean, that's Doro. Let's see. That's Warlock. Warlock, all we are. That's just the best. All right, let's see. Is this going to make me sit through a freaking commercial? It sure is. is. It's. All right, here we go. Present, share screen, Warlock. Here we go. I love the 80s. I know, uh, videos were so fun. Look out. Hey, it's Billy Morris. <laughs> it's looking like a pan pandemic concert. <laughs> Brings it, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, she's good. I like. I like her a lot. She and she looks about the same. Yeah, she's still cute. I mean, she she. How is she in that video? How old was she in that video, though? She, well, that was nineteen eighty six or seven. Yeah, I don't know how old she was born. Well, let's see. I mean, we can we can look her up here. Doro Pesh is she is um fifty nine years young today. Wow. As of today, not not today not is today, her today. birthday, but she was born in 1964. So 22 in that video? Yeah. 22, 23, somewhere in there, yeah. yeah. But she still looks about like that, really. Yeah, she still she looks good. Yeah. She doesn't look that different, really. Nope. I, yeah, I, Doro, Doro rules, man. That was good stuff. Yeah, she's she, she was... I, dude, I I still remember the first time I ever saw that saw the video for her her song. I was in Korea. There was a club there called the MTV Club. It was a hole in the wall nothing club. And the only reason I used to go in there was the guy that owned the place was a retired military guy, and he had a brother that lived in the states and would record all the heavy metal videos. Yeah off of MTV and then send him two new videotapes a week of just videos. And they would just play these videos in the club. 
So that and back then that was before, you know, obviously before internet or anything. So that was how we kept up with what was going on in the States with the with music. Right. And I just remember one night I, I discovered two bands the same night. Halloween, who I'm sure you know nothing about. And um <laughs> heard the name though. Yeah. You would you might know the song Eagles Fly Free or um um Keeper of the Seven Keys. But um and then the other one was Dora with All We Are. I just remember the first time I saw that video and I was like, wow, that kicks ass and it's a chick. I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a chick. She's hot and she rocks. I just, you know, when she's talking about the 80s and talking about you know, MTV, and stuff, I just loved MTV back in the day. Oh, right yeah. Now MTV is like garbage. Uh, but I don't even know what's on it anymore. I, I haven't. I, I probably don't understand haven't why even... these people make videos anymore. I mean, where do you find them? YouTube. YouTube Vivo, Vivo on YouTube, and that's about it, really. Is Vivo a pay service? I don't think so. I think you can like install an app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick or whatever. I think you I mean, can, can. You get old videos on there too. Can you get anything you want? I I don't know. I I honestly I've not really used. I just use YouTube. I just go and Something when I think of something. on YouTube just sucks though. You know, yeah, I want to see some... good quality old videos. Uh, Vivo would be where I mean. I, I'm sure you probably can find the old stuff because they get paid a percentage. I know how their I know how their business works, which is that if they get a they get the licensing, so they get a piece, if not all of the licensing, for vivoed artists. You know that get plays. They at least cut into what like a if you watched all we are on Vivo, Doro would not get as much as if you watched it on just some scrag youtube channel or something i know it's all on youtube but then finding a good quality video to watch on youtube sometimes is very difficult to find it is that's and dude more and more it's it's just getting it's just getting nutty with with the streaming and everything and it's sad to hear somebody like doro who's been doing this for 40 freaking years and has just been a a warrior i mean she goes out she tours every album for like a year yeah she's a warrior when it comes to doing this and just to hear her say yeah there's no tour support there's no money in streaming i'm not making any money i gotta i gotta invent ways to make money on the road or else i can't survive it's like man this is somebody shouldn't have to do that this is somebody that should be enjoying the fruits of 40 years of success and she's still working hard yeah but you look at her website i mean I guess I was on the, uh, I'm on the official website, but it's not the U.S. one. Yeah, but it's still in English. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm on, but you know, <laughs> I mean, the, the tour site's playing Berlin, Hanover, Germany. Yeah, well, she's German, obviously. Yeah, I know. I mean, she's she lives there. But it's I interesting think... to see, you know, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of it, it's just Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, she'll fill that in. I I will guarantee you. Spain. I mean, that's awesome that she does yeah. that. Norway. She's playing. Finland. She's playing. Yeah. United Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, she's got she's all over the place. I mean, that's I, cool, dude. She really is in the metal world. I know you're not a hard, hardcore, old school metal person. She's really top of the food chain, man. I I wasn't just kidding when I said no, I know. we're having a legend. I mean, Doro is. Doro is, I mean, she's not as big as like a Metallica or whatever, but over there in Europe, she is huge. 
She is a dude. She was one of those during the pandemic that was playing at at um, drive-in theaters where people were coming to the drive-in, and she was <laughs> running around the drive-in playing shows. And people were honking their horns and stuff when. When in between songs and whatnot, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that she's doing like phone calls to like fans and stuff. Yeah, to make a couple of extra bucks on that stuff. That, mm-hmm. That's one. That's a sign of an artist that loves what they do. Yeah, uh, but two. That's that's crazy. Well, dude, how crazy is it that she said every time she goes to a city, she just she has friends in every city, and she just goes and hangs out with friends and talks about music. She lives this life. She lives metal. How cool is it? Who? The guy who had a motorcycle and she just got on the back of him. Yeah, ride. Jesus. I, I want to be that dude. That dude's got balls. Be like, hey, come on, get on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did that today. She'd end up dead in a ditch. <laughs> Downtown Cleveland. She's going to be shot 10 times by Yeah, 10 exactly. <laughs> but, but hey, good for her. She's she's lived her life to the fullest and she keeps doing it. And the new album is kick ass, as, as are all of her albums. I mean, she's. She really hasn't put out a dud either. That's a whole nother thing. She has like 20 albums. They're all good. That's great. <laughs> That's nuts. I mean, usually, I mean, dude, even even the biggest ones in the world, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, whatever, pick a band and, and I'll name you a bad album from them. Right. But, you know. Metallica, Doro, I could definitely name a couple. Yeah, several. But Megadeth, too, several. You know, I mean, all, all the, the major even like corn, even if going further, bands with half the legacy, like a corner disturbed or whatever. Those are, those bands have bad records. Doro doesn't have a bad album. She really doesn't. She's she's a she's a freaking trooper, man. I just found out Billy just texted me. He said he's not available on Wednesday. No, he did not text you that at all. I think he did. No, pretty he did sure. not. I'm pretty sure it says that. Nope. Yeah. I mean, oh, wait, I read that wrong. We do have another band. Metallica is booked for Wednesday at 4 o'clock. They'll have to wait. In the entire two hours, they will be on. So They'll have to wait. No asparagus being eaten. Nope. Nope. I'm sure James Hetfield, those guys, they're all super into health. They probably help you you along with eating it, Seth. (laughs) I sent Billy Morris a picture. I wish I'm going to send this to you. If I send you a text, can you put it on the screen or no? Um, I can, I email it to me and I can do it. I want to email this to you. Yeah. Email it over and I'll, I'll put it up. There we go. And sent. Sent. All right. I found, my wife actually found a picture of Billy Morris online. From back in the day. Let's see here. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. There it is. Let's see here. Who is this? Billy. Oh. <laughs> is this just to get even with him for? Yeah, um, absolutely. Making asparagus. Yeah, you got to put this on asparagus. The if you want to see what <laughs> Billy Morris looked like back, and I don't even remember what band he was in. When, this is probably Kid Wicked, or no, it was before Kid Wicked. I think what was the name what, of some other band. Was it like Priscilla or something? I don't know. Some... S O S Spit or Swallow. <laughs> I don't remember if he was in that band or not, but. Let's see here. Share yeah. screen. Billy Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Billy. And I'm sure he's thrilled with that photo. Yeah, that was when trans wasn't cool. <laughs> he was trying to make it cool. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> 
But like I told him, the sad part is dudes back then when this picture was. Oh, yeah. Actually got more hot chicks because oh, they yeah. wore makeup and looked like girls. I guarantee you, Billy. Now, I guarantee you, Billy looking like this was getting him was getting laid. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. But that was part of the time. I mean, he looks like he would be in like the Vinnie Vincent invasion or slaughter or whatever. He looks the part. That's probably what about eighty seven, eighty six. Probably, yeah. Uh, look how look at the jeans and everything. He's all skinny and like, he doesn't look like he's eating a burger, dude. Well, you know what the sad part is? He probably weighs within 10 pounds of this, which makes me sick. Yeah, I know. He really gained a whole lot since then, but he lost a little of that hair. Yeah, he definitely lost some of that hair. But How's that feel, Billy, Mr. Asparagus guy? Losing all that hair. Look at Chris. He's still got all his. I do. See? I do. And he probably lost it because he put so much bullshit into it. You know, he put so much product into his hair, probably made his made his head rot. You know, lost some of it. <laughs> Poor Billy. Well, I support you that look, Bill. Brave hairspray than my sister did. Yeah. But he looks just like, I mean, he looks just like the guys in Rat or Motley Crue or whatever from the time. He looks he looks like one of them guys. I didn't, you know, the dude next to him looks like, I mean, look at the earring and everything. Yeah. Well, that guy looks like he just walked out of a. Duran Duran audition. I was going to say Duran Duran or George Michael. He looks like half George yeah. Michael. Yeah, it could be. Maybe he's maybe he's giving Billy the careless whisper. <laughs> Billy killed the ozone. He may have. That's quite a picture. Oof. Yeah, you like that? My Where'd you find that? that? My wife found it on Facebook or something the other day and sent it to me. But knowing Billy, it's on his Facebook. He's probably proud of it. It probably is. It probably was on his Facebook. Yeah. Billy's like, yeah, this is these are my early roots. But, I don't now know. Look, but now look at my wife that's 43 times too hot for me. I know somebody that's dating like a guitarist and local band stuff. It's so now all of a sudden like I'm seeing and like getting, you know, hearing a lot about these local bands that are out there. Mm-hmm. And there is, I guess, a decent, still a decent music local band scene around. Is there? Well, kind of, but there's not, I mean, you got to go to the weird bars and stuff to see them. They don't play like, yeah, they don't play like the Agora or the... No, they're they're playing like... We went to a martini bar in Menor to see a band. <laughs> yeah. like... I wonder if they play like... I mean, some of them must play it like the Winchester or something, don't they? Well, maybe. I, I don't know. You know, so... Billy's birthday's coming up this weekend. Do you know that? No, how old's he going to be? 35? Yeah, well, he claims that, I think, but... <laughs> I think the post said something like... As Billy enters into his 40s. <laughs> enters right. into his 40s? Yeah. He's almost nursing home age. Yeah. He's 40 years after the first 20. <laughs> but I guess they're having a, a Billy birthday bash this weekend, Saturday night at Time Warp. Where is Time Warp? Westlake, I believe. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be doing that. That's too far for me to drive drunk home. I mean, drive home. Drive home? <laughs> but it's his, it's his birthday. You got to support the guy. I'd love to, but I'm not going to do a Strano. No, thanks. <laughs> what, what was I reading? I sent you the uh, top 24, no, like 20 some, 24 things that come and gone or something like that from Scene Magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them is. News anchors driving drunk or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll tell you what, and this is going to sound awful, but I'm going to say it anyway. Nothing made me happier than Holly Strano doing that drunk driving because it got us a ton of views. It did. <laughs> a lot of views on that. Uh, we're on we're that, at like 10,000 views or something. That, show. <laughs> that episode has like 10,000 views on it. I mean, I, I like Holly and I don't, I don't wish anything bad on her, but I like the fact that we got 10,000 views on that video. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I, I was talking about that with my wife the other day. I don't think she's going to lose her job. I, I think she's. Gonna I don't back. think she is either. They would have yeah. done it by now. Yeah, they would have canned her by now. They they've already with withstood the backlash, and they haven't fired her, so she's not getting fired. And there was a girl that was on there that everybody was saying on Channel Three that should have gotten the job. Mm-hmm. Cute girl, blonde girl, Peyton, something or other, and mm-hmm. everybody you know was talking about. Oh, you should get the job. You should get the job. And all of a sudden, she quit out of nowhere. There wasn't any kind of like, hey, you're good luck in Washington or good luck in Pittsburgh or something like that. She didn't say anything about going in. Where all of a sudden, she was just done for. And my theory, I don't know this, but my theory is uh, she probably found out that Holly's going to be coming back. I was like, screw this, I'm out. Yeah, could I could be. be totally wrong on that. That's just my theory. Yeah, could could very well be. That's as good a theory but as any. They would have, I think, in my opinion, um, I think they would have gotten rid of her if they were going to by now. Well, I think the fact that she didn't actually hurt anybody helped her. Yeah. If she would have hit anybody, even if they didn't get hurt, really, but if if she would have wrecked into another car, I think she's fired. But I think the fact that she re- it really, and I'm not defending it, so save your comments, but the fact that she kind of, hit an inanimate object saved her her job if she would have caused any kind of real damage to anything other than her car yeah i think she's been. fired but and now it'll be the tour of hey i went uh, to you know therapy and yeah of course counseling and yeah. i'm better and i'm sorry that i did this and i but I, again I, I don't wish any, i like her so i don't wish i like her too her but at all. but yeah she's she'll probably write a book <laughs> probably she, probably get more rich off the pay for a lawyer. She for... might. I mean, she has to pay for her lawyer somehow, so why not? She, she could easily scribble out a book. Gunner has a sister-in-law update. Showed up on Christmas by herself, driving the car, the Charlie modified, in only two months, but had a titanium leg, doing great. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Charlie did a good job. That's fantastic. Charlie's auto repair in Lakewood. Check him out. Especially for an amputee and your car modified. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's becoming a specialist at that. He is. <laughs> we, they call him Charlie the Politically Incorrect Mechanic on uh, Bob's show. Right. Because of, obviously, his politics. is Sure. He's a gun-toting, flag-waving mm-hmm. American. And I love him for that. But they call him the Politically Incorrect Mechanic. I said, no, Bob, you got to change it. And Charlie the Amputee Mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> But Charlie's on repair in Lakewood. <laughs> you gotta yeah. check out check out his place. Yeah. Charlie's a good dude, man. Like everybody at the station, you know, I was taking their cards at Charlie because they <laughs> would have problems. I told them honestly, if I uh, if things change for me with my job situation, he's gotta give my uh, my car a look over to make sure that everything's yeah. good. Yeah, how often do you have to get them to tighten the belts or whatever that that, that makes it work? I don't even know how it works. But... I don't know. I mean Honestly, all it is is like a 
So you know how you have that center console in between like mm-hmm. the two front seats that you know has like the shifter on it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Generally. Yeah, you have the same car as me. Yeah, I have an Altima. So yeah. Yeah, we both have the same color and kind of car. <laughs> well, there you so go. next to the, the that console with the shifter on in the middle, there's like a stick. Like a long shifter. Mm-hmm. Looks like a shifter stick kind of. Okay. And it has two bars that are attached to it. One's attached to the brake, one's right. attached to the gas. And basically, it's you push forward. Okay. And it stops. You pull back, and it pushes on the gas. So in a way, it's like a stick shift. Kind of, but again, it's not like shifting gears. It's just going forward to stop and back for gas. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just takes a little getting used to. But it's really not that tough. Yeah, it probably just took you. How long did it take you to get used to it? Day. Eh, maybe a week or so, you know. Yeah. I parked I practiced in like But part of that was probably because you hadn't driven in six months. Six months, it was like a year since I had oh. driven. But that's what I'm saying. You, you, yeah. you just just in general hadn't moved in the driver's seat of a vehicle in a no. while. But I'll tell you what the weirdest like whole thing about it was when I got behind the wheel to drive for the first time. Yeah. And I'm pushing forward or pulling back for the gas. After I was done driving for maybe 15, 20 minutes through this parking lot, my right leg, which is one that's not there, right, hurt because what phantom left, pains or no? Or what's, what's left of my there? leg? What's left right. of my leg was trying to push on a pedal that I can't push on. Right. So I got this thing just hanging there because you can't wear the leg while I'm driving. The leg's right. sitting next to me in the seat, <laughs> which is also weird, but. You're the what's left of the leg was trying to push on the pedals, but you can't obviously nothing there to push. Yeah, and but my the top of my leg, my thigh, and everything was like sore from trying right. to push. There was one time where I turned, and you know, you're trying to turn with one hand, and I didn't wasn't going to make the turn. And my I literally tried to stop on the brake with my leg <laughs> that's not there, right? That's funny. <laughs> But it takes some getting used to. But once you do, it's it's fairly sure. easy. I wonder what cops do for like a um, a drunk driving test for an amputee. Yeah, I don't know because they I can't make this. you get out there and do the shit with the sticking your leg out in front of you and touching no, no. your nose or any of that stuff, or couldn't do that or right even now. walk in a straight line. No, I couldn't do that if you asked me to right now. No. You know, I mean, what would they do? Breathalyzer, and then I just that, that's probably it. they probably you're probably restricted to a breathalyzer. Because I can't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't like stand on a leg. And <laughs> actually, it might be easier to stand on like the prosthetic because it ain't moving. <laughs> Just yeah, stand that's on that true. And stick my left leg out. That is true. It might might be easier. Who knows? interesting but it is a I don't just, know how do that. maybe the test is just if you can get the leg on or not if you can get the leg on you're obviously not hammered <laughs> yeah well it's really i mean that's probably the easiest part right now i mean my i've gotten so used to putting it on it's like i just swing myself out of the car and just slap it right in the end of the yeah. leg and i'm up and on like i can stand up while i'm putting it on and, yeah. just like, start walking go <laughs> it just clicks right in and off you go well, speaking of amputees, did you see that Oscar Pistorius got out of jail? I did see that. Yeah. Think he'll kill anybody again? Probably. You think so? <laughs> he looked pretty damn angry. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the video of him coming out of jail. I was like, geez, doesn't look like he mellowed any, that's for sure. I wonder what they do in jail. What? 
do they let you keep the leg? Especially him, because he was on those blades. Yeah, they could couldn't let him stay on the blades, could, could they? Could be a weapon, right? That's what I'm saying. They couldn't let him have blades. But I would think even a, a fake leg would be a, could be a weapon. Of course, still a metal bar that you could bash somebody's skull in with. But you got to stand on the one leg while you're trying to beat somebody with it. I mean, like it's not as easy as you'd probably think. You got to hop well, the around. Guy, the guy in Oz always stayed in his chair. Yeah, well, that's all I know. Though. Yeah, he that's paralyzed. True. He was paralyzed. He did have his legs. They just didn't do anything. I would imagine you probably get some sort of special treatment, right? I mean, they can't stick you in in Gen Pop with a prosthetic leg because you're going to get your ass kicked every day. Yeah. Yeah, they they probably do. They probably have like some sort of not solitary confinement, but protective custody or something. Somebody is going to topple you over and take your leg, and then you're going to be fucked. Yeah, I'm screwed. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, be some sort of. I'm sure maybe there's a prison for for amputees. Amputee special amputee prison. There might be. I mean, there could. I, I'm. I know we're saying that sort of joking, but how joking are we? <laughs> you know. <laughs> We gotta go, but I, I want I want to know that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answer at all. What happens to amputees in prison? Amputees may be treated differently in prison due to their physical condition. They may receive accommodations or special consideration based on their individual needs. So, see, you're going to go to, if you ever go to it's prison, important it's important to be note, Yeah. It's important to note that prison policies and the treatment of amputees can differ from facility to another, but generally I think that they're okay. Mm-hmm. What to do with prosthetic leg when someone dies? Prosthetic components are generally not reused. They can be disassembled and somebody can use the components shipped to third world countries for use by landmine victims and Look at that. Are you a berry guy or are you a, a cremate guy? I never really thought of it until I almost died a couple of years ago. So I think I'm, I'm leaning towards the cremate guy. All right. Because if you're a berry guy, wouldn't you want, at least for the showing, to have that the prosthetic yeah, gotta, leg on? If I'm going to be buried, I mean, whatever they do with me, I guess I, I'm... Taking a leg with you, right? Yeah, I hope I don't know. But if I'm going to be buried, I want the leg with me. Yeah. But, you know, the thought... After, I don't know about you, because you almost died too, but after mm-hmm. almost dying, I remember too much from almost dying that I'm worried that I'm going to be buried underground and remember a lot. <laughs> like, they're going to bury me and I'm going to be having these thoughts and go, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, but the difference is you didn't die. You almost I know, died. but That's... we don't know what it's like to be dead. And so, you know, there's that close to death thing that I remember stuff that I was thinking. And so that would be kind of terrifying to like be I'm buried thinking, underground and have I'm, that. I'm thinking that it's, well, what would be worse? Buried underground and you can't do nothing about it or uh, being thrown in a fire and being cooked into dust. Yeah, but how long does that take? It takes a while, dude. I mean, I used to work at the crematory. It takes... About an hour, hour and a half. Okay, so you got an hour, an hour and a half that you're going to be like, oh, my God, this really sucks. So, as opposed to being buried underground, or you don't know how long you're going to be thinking this really sucks. Yeah, but you're dead. You don't know what you're thinking, though. You don't know if their brain is still doing something under there. Mm. Being burned hurts a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I can only imagine what you've gone through. So I don't even think it about It hurts. That. An hour of that might be worth... Might be worth a week's worth of feeling awful. 
Quite honestly. Yeah, I prefer not to. I don't <laughs> think there's any real, real good answer to this one at all. But no, I don't think so. But I think I honestly think I would rather, I would rather be trapped in my mind than trapped in a fire for hours. I I just want somebody now just to toss me in the sea. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Then you get eaten by a shark. That's fine. And you might feel him eating, taking off your other limbs. That's all right. I'll take that over burning alive or I don't know. I don't know that I would want that either. Send me out in the sea and have two of them orcas just ripping you apart to play with you or something. That's okay. All right. On that note, everybody have a great (laughs) night. Yeah, we'll be back on what Wednesday, Wednesday night is uh, the uh, asparagus night. The asparagus night. That's if I let Billy Morrison in my home. It's known as Asparagus Wednesday here on the Seth Williams Show. Uh, hey now, Asparagus <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you at four o'clock. God willing, have a great night. See you guys. See you.